Welcome to the official Notre Dame Fighting Irish football podcast. I'm your host, Todd Prince. This week, we're talking with new coach Marcus Freeman, Tim Brown, and Lou Holtz, and we'll be taking your calls in the third hour. As always, I'm joined by Irish great, four-time Super Bowl champion, and my podcast partner, Joe Montana. A great week to talk Irish football, right, Joe? What the heck was that? Wait, what link did I click? Oh, 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 this is embarrassing. <laughs> I... Todd, I think maybe we should just play the theme. You got it. Uh, our, our theme? It's one way to go. Soundboard, I love you. Hi, toddlers. Welcome to Talking to Todd, a weekly podcast. This is actually Talking to Todd, a weekly podcast with Dwayne Johnson and Todd Prinz, I hope, where failure is always an option. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you? Welcome in. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, this is uh, this is good to be back in Studio A. Yep, it's the only podcast I'm doing. Yep, it's the only one. Short-lived gig. <clears throat> yeah, uh, apparently, uh, apparently, I've got a better offer from uh, LSU, so I'm just going to be all happy going down to South and you know, and go see what happens down there. That's a really good accent. You've been practicing that. That was terrible, <laughs> and because nobody could place, I don't know what that was. That was that was bad. <laughs> I mean, it was off enough that you knew it was an accent of some kind, but not of anything in particular. But <sighs> by the way, really yes. quick, just just a quick follow up, because uh, because we're so packed with stuff. I didn't know where to put this little nugget as as I was preparing for the cold open and people. Are, yes, I actually prepared for the cold <laughs> open. Um. I, I wanted to include who, who would be on an Irish uh, football podcast. And so I Googled who, well, I started Googling Notre Dame, and then it gives you the auto select, right? It suggests things. And the one that it said is, who's the most famous person from Notre Dame? So I clicked on that and it, oh no. It, so I clicked on famous people from Notre Dame and then it, um, Google gave you like questions that you could ask that they have found the answer to. And you click the disclosure triangle and it pulls it copies information from one website and gives it to you as if Google's answering it. So it said, who's the most famous person from Notre Dame? I thought, man, I'm kind of interested. Yeah. President Josiah Bartlett. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. That wasn't it. Okay. Cause I okay. clicked on it again. I'm just going to repeat this. I know I repeat myself, but this is important to hear. Who is the most famous person from Notre Dame? Answer. Regis Philbin. In case you haven't heard of him, Philbin is an American media personality. <laughs> I'm not sure that oh. that clears it up any. My concern <laughs> was, wait, who's the most famous person? Okay, you may not have heard of this person, <laughs> but here's my answer. By definition, that might be <laughs> disqualifying. <laughs> 
from famous person. Google's <laughs> acting weird at this point. So is the soundboard, but I digress. Yeah. Anyway. All right. What do we have for uh, what do we have uh, for uh, feedback, follow up and updates besides the cold open? Uh, well, you started with follow up. Let's just let's just lean into into follow up, I guess. We'll start with follow up and then we'll go backwards from there. You said last week, I don't think this is a correction. I think this is this is follow up. Your favorite chant ever was Northwestern's. That's all right. That's OK. You're going to work for us someday. I believe I said that was my most famous or most that was my favorite college like chant from a student section in college. Okay. Yes. My favorite chant from a student section. I can't believe I couldn't come up with this in the moment. And I will say in the moment because it was the Austin P student section. I don't I don't like where this is going. I got to be honest. When, I toddlers when, buckle up. I don't like this. Okay, go ahead. When the fly played for them, played basketball, made a basketball player. His nickname was The Fly. The student section would chant, The Fly is open. Let's go pee. Yeah, funny. And you didn't I, you didn't get that at Northwestern, huh? That's where you, you didn't. And I also did not come up with that on the fly. I came up with it in the moment. <laughs> so there's that. Uh you said, and we'll circle back to this later, but you said, I think last year we covered whether or not Die Hard was a Christmas movie? Yes. We did. That was episode 41. So, toddlers, if you skipped episode 41 or want to go into the way, way back machine, episode 41 was where we covered Christmas movies that may or may not be Christmas movies. Sarah Judson Brown, now I'm starting to weave into feedback here. Toddler negative 18. She agrees that we did cover it last year, which I just validated as an alternative she would like to submit Gremlins as a Christmas movie. Discuss. Okay. This is... Okay. Um, I did not grow up in a house with our very own Laserdisc player, like one of the hosts on this podcast. <laughs> By process of elimination, yes. I'm throwing you under the bus before I throw myself under the bus. Um, I have not seen Gremlins. There's three rules. Don't get them wet. Wet midnight feet after midnight, and uh, uh, don't let them become a cowboy. <laughs> Mamas, don't let your yes gremlins become cowboys. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's how that right. song goes. Yeah, yes, that's what that I thought. It. I think that was the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. the gist of the movie from that. <laughs> uh, and she sent me a picture of a diehard Christmas ornament. <laughs> which isn't actually a Christmas ornament. It's really a diehard advent calendar. Oh, yes. Okay. That makes more. I was like, what are the numbers? Oh, yes. I it's see. It's an advent calendar. And every day when you pull a tab, Hans Gruber falls a little further down the Nakatomi Tower. So she sent me that. And Doug from the Educated Idiots also sent me that. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners are the best. We've we've found our tribe. (laughs) Yes, we have. Uh, And I guess this actually is a correction. Last year, when we, last year, last week, we talked about Doug asking for more sports, which I believe we gave him. 
Yes. We failed to recognize that his email was sponsored by DJ to go Cedar Valley, Valley, your five-star DJ service in the Cedar Valley. I mean, we didn't read the entire email, so right. it's really only a partial credit. Yeah. For well, DJ to go Cedar Valley. Yeah. That's, that's embarrassing. By the way, that, um, actually was sponsored by who? Uh, Poots, Poots beef. <laughs> I was just seeing how many of those we could get in. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. From your five-star DJ service in the Cedar Valley, Dan Hansing folks reach out to him. He's apparently really, really busy between coaching basketball and running DJ to go and doing his own podcast with Doug. I mean, yeah, good luck. Well, I mean, so once they started, once they started, uh, sponsoring, uh, sponsoring bits on this podcast, I can see why, I mean, I, that I'm sure that's when it took off. <laughs> Must've been. <laughs> How about you? Did you get any feedback this week? Uh, yep. I did get some feedback. Um, Lisa, uh, a couple things came from her. Uh, number one, how much to have the lights put on your house and whatever number it sounds like a bargain. So, uh, I believe we might be using a light service next year. <laughs> the other piece of feedback that I got while she was listening real time, I got a text message. Some of these I'm like, wait, what does this mean? Oh, she's listening to the show. Uh, you're right. It's not Douglas. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. But Le- Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. Um, I also got some feedback from Jesse who let me know cuz you know we did we did the first and so far only what would Todd, uh what would Todd do uh segment uh with with Jesse's uh the parties happening next door yes so Jesse let me know that since that episode aired there have been no more parties next door so the only logical conclusion that he can draw is that they listen to talking to Todd and they are scared of what we suggested either way he brought as he described it he brought a problem to talking to todd i gave some ideas the problem is solved you're welcome you're welcome (laughs) it's the only way to interpret that it's it's the most logical i mean obviously they must listen to this and just stopped having the parties yeah Occam's razor. The the most obvious answer must be true. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, and let's see. Last but maybe not least, Tyler number one. We were yep. listening. We were listening in the car tonight, actually, to last week's episode as we were driving out to dinner. And we got to the part where I told the story about her not being able to remember who told the fire extinguisher story. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, you're going to tell that, aren't you? <laughs> and then she laughed the whole way through it. Because it's funny. <laughs> I have to tell it. Because it it's funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> if it's funny, you're off the hook. It stays in, right? And it was. Uh, uh, I don't think I don't think we had anything else there, which is good because we're now 15 minutes in, minus, you know, the dogs. So... I think that's, I think that, I think that about does it. Did any other corrections, uh, um, actually? Um, no, I don't believe so. Okay. Moving on. All right. 
Uh, how about Tech have? Corner? Oh, Tech Corner. Okay. This is this is this is going to go down. This this is going to go down as a public service announcement. Because uh, seriously, you know, I I try to bring things here that are sort of actionable. Like this is bad. Like not the like. Oh, this is really cool. This is so. Apple released AirTags a while ago, which are little devices you can put on keys and wallets and whatever and track. And there's a mm-hmm. company that has been doing that for years before Apple started. Um, the company's called Tile. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you've got any. We've we've had some tiles. Several. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Active user. Yes. Yes. That's why I'm talking about this. So Tile, who's complaining because now they can't compete against Apple, even though Apple gave them access to stuff. Anyway, Tile has been purchased by a company called Life360. Oh, Lord. Life360 also offers tracking features. Yes. Mostly around tracking like your kids and your family members to know that they're safe. They're targeted sort of at tracking kids, which eh, anyway. Okay. However, um, so it, uh, that one that has, it has history. It, it tracks your favorite routes, uh, personalized alerts. It does SOS does all sorts of other stuff. Anyway, it the company, your, it, I believe it tells your parents if you're exceeding the speed limit. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. For example, and when you, and when you do, does Larry get mad at you? <laughs> <laughs> well played. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, you'd have to know how to unlock his phone, but okay. (laughs) So a former employee of a marketing company that uses data told, uh, uh, told a journalist out, uh, outlet that all of that location that life 360 gathers on you and your family, all that data is sold and is heavily used to run marketing campaigns. And it basically said, quote, they will sell data to almost anyone, unquote. And the founder and CEO of Life360 has said that data is an important part of our business model as it, as it allows the company to offer free services, including they made $16 million in 2020 just from selling user location data. And now they're buying tile and they have said, oh, if you own a tile, we won't sell that data for now. So I, I'm just going to say, if you happen to use tile, um, understand that is no longer a device for you to find stuff. That is now a device for the company to track all of your movements and then sell it to marketers so they can figure out how to get a better profile of you. So anyway, um, good news. Yeah. Good news on the privacy front. So uh, anyway, um, next week we, I mean, I don't think we've been using them, but I think we still have a couple. I may have, I may have a segment on, um, how did it blend? Um, which is where I take a, uh, tracking device from a consumer company and see how it goes through my blender. We'll see. We're definitely going to have to activate the video version of this podcast. If we're doing that, that's fantastic. I think that's a segment we need to do bonus episodes hey we may we may have just found we may have finally found our our content that people might pay for how does it blend 
right now Lisa is listening to this and saying, do you have a blender? Because you're not using mine. So I'm, there's, I'm going to, ooh, you know, write it off. It's, it's about how many different versions, how many different shades of white paint when you pour into the same bucket. <laughs> how does it blend, Todd? Um, Call back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, how does it blend? Well, it all kind of looks white. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, what did you have also Tech Corner? Oh, I see what you're saying. When I when Tech Corner is Technology Corner, but now with Refing Stories, you interestingly enough are starting to get uh, your Tech Corner is a little different than Technology Corner. But we can still call it Tech Corner. Sure, we can. Um. So I, I did have I did have a story actually for Tech Corner this week. Do I? Did I tell you this? Yes. Um, I believe, I believe there was a text message to a group chat. So I'm, we're up in a small town, North, North, uh, North central Iowa, kind of not names have been changed to protect the guilty. Yes. Yes, they have. So we're in this small gym visiting school. Typically they're a little rowdy, this visiting school. I mean, we've had, our crew has had these teams for years. So we, we know the coaches were familiar with the attitude of the fans, whatnot. There's a scrum ball goes out of bounds in the corner, right in front of me. I blow my whistle point down the court. No, don't call a foul, just point the opposite direction. And over my shoulder from the crowd, I hear if he gets hurt, I am coming after you. And I whipped around and looked at the crowd. Okay, where was it? And the lady says, that was me. That's my son. And I looked at the AD and I said, she's got to go. You, ma'am, you're out of here. Kicked out a fan. <laughs> and then walked over, picked up the ball, walked back over to inbounds it, looked over my shoulder. Yep. She's packing up her bag and grumbling and, and wandering off and the opposing, the kid from the opposing team that was about to inbound the ball looks at me. What was that all about? And I said, meh, death threats bounced in the ball and off we go. <sighs> hey, you know, Friday nights in Garwin, what are you going to do? You know, I'm just going to say this. I mean, you're well within your rights. You need to control the gym, control the game and everything. I think you putting a little stick figure of the woman that you kicked out on the side of your whistle, along with all the rest of the people you've thrown out. I think that does send a wrong message. <laughs> See, we, we don't wear belts when we ref. Old school, you would wear a belt with your pants so you could have notches on your belt. Mm. I, but mm. We don't. We, uh, the pants don't have belts, so I, I can't do that. So yeah, the best, the best that I can do is the, is the little stick figures on the whistle. That's yeah. It, it may be a little overboard. You're right. Why does he have such a big whistle? It's got to have a place for all the stick figures. Oh yeah. Uh, so I think that's about all I had for tech corner this week. Hopefully, hopefully this is a, um, rarely recurring segment tech corner. So I don't know. To me, it sounds like power trip corner, but whatever. Okay. 
I put up with a whole lot of stuff, but I will not put up with I am coming after you. Just remember, everyone, and this is mostly when I say everyone, I mean this to myself, right? You can yell at the refs when you're in your living room and they're on TV. That's fine. But when you leave the house and go to the game, that's when you need to start changing what you're doing. Well, I guess I will just say people yell at us all the time because they disagree with a call. I don't have a problem with people disagreeing with a call or they saw it a different way than I saw it or they don't know the rules and what the interpretation ought to be based on what the what the rules are. But when it gets personal, then it changes. And that's where the line is for me. You know, and that's, you know, I, I listen to people yell at me all the time because they don't understand backcourt violation or they don't understand that over the back isn't a thing, but whatever. Cause it's not, you're laughing at me. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm more thinking, boy, it sounds like, you know, the rules. I think you're overqualified to be an NFL referee anyway. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, so I guess one of the idiots that I would nominate would be the the lady from the visiting team last Friday night. So there's that. Um, I don't know that she's going to win because there's a big, huge list here. <laughs> See what Mark Emmert said? Uh, you know, I, I every time I see a headline from him, I, I now no longer. I <clears throat> Let me put it this way. Given the last couple of weeks, especially, it has proven what a absolute hypocrisy all of college, uh, all of revenue college sports is, and and everybody is just playing a role that they think they're supposed to play. But what did Mark Emmert, president of the NCAA, wasn't it something about he feels like there's a lack of collegiality, but he thinks that that's going to get better? Um, I, I believe he said that college presidents have the toughest job in the world. Oh, yes, he did say that college presidents have the toughest job in the world because they have to figure out who to pay $10 million a year to coach a football team for. And the world piled on. (laughs) Yeah, because by the way, just real quick, though, I mean, Mark's no dummy. Do you know who employs and determines whether Mark Emmert keeps his job or not? Do you know who his employers are? A whole bunch of college presidents. College presidents. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And only college presidents. The, the tweets that I saw included things like, it's not even the toughest job at a university, let alone <laughs> <laughs> um, doctors, nurses, podcast hosts. I, I don't <laughs> One could argue people who have to implement decisions made by college presidents. Yes, absolutely. I actually, I was not going to say podcast hosts. I was going to say podcast editors have a tougher job than podcast hosts who still have a tougher job than college presidents. So anyway. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah. Is that going to get you in trouble given that you work at a college? No, (laughs) you're just not going to say anything. That's probably smart. As a little dip into the other podcast. Okay. Uh, who else we got here for idiots in the week? I got a text. 
I got a I got a spam text. I don't know if you get these. I got a spam text from I like Munster Cheese 789 at gmail.com. Munster spelled like Herman. M-U-N-S-T-E-R. And apparently I like Munster Cheese. One through seven, eight, eight are apparently already taken. Yeah, right. I mean, isn't that embarrassing when you're like, give me the next one? I mean, I guess my nomination here would be generically people who send spam texts. But specifically in this case, I like Munster Cheese, M-U-N-S-T-E-R, 789 at gmail.com. If you would like to sign this person up for just about anything, go for it. Hey, you know. (laughs) That's that's their email, and they've got it out there. Um, I'd also like to nominate the idiots who built my house. This is a repeat nomination. This, do you know what I do? You know what I wrote? You know what I wrote in the rundown under idiots? Uh, it says, "Well, that kind of puts a damper on things, and you're holding up about a four-inch round metal disc, which I'm guessing should be or was a dry uh, on a dryer vent." Uh, this was the heating vent. Oh, okay. The heat run that runs into this office. Oh, okay. Wait, was that in the heating run? The solid yes, piece it- of metal. Yes, it was. And it's supposed to have this little handle here on the end of it so that you can turn it sideways and open the damper yeah, yeah, and yeah, allow yeah. both yeah. the heat or the air conditioning to get to this office. Yes. For five years, it was stuck in this position. And even when you moved the handle <laughs> on the bottom, you couldn't ever turn the damper so that it was open because they had put screws on either side of it. <laughs> well, there's so, a problem. So, <laughs> oh, well, that didn't seem right. <laughs> so I went down to the basement, unscrewed the handle, took the thing apart, took the vent off of the floor, reached my hand down inside the, the heat run and grabbed a hold of the damper, scraping up my hands on the screws in the process and yanking it out. But I now have heat in my office for the first time in five years. Although at this point you have all the heat. That that is true. Okay. So, okay. I took six. I took when I went as a freshman at Iowa state, uh, going to be an engineering. I took six weeks of pre of calculus for engineers. So I know math and I'm pretty sure if you now let that heat run, run wide open, both heating and cooling for the next five years at the 10th year on average, that room will feel comfortable. Is that how that works? I believe I didn't, I didn't make it to the second test of that class. Um, that's, I may, I may have gotten some math wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. So those guys, so that, that's, that's that nomination. Uh, do you have anything to throw on here? Um, yeah. Uh, 
it's been it's been at least a month since we've had a Scott Frost nomination for the for the Scott Frost Memorial Idiot of the Week. Uh but this this week, oh boy, buddy, buddy, welcome back, Scott. Um I don't vengeance. you you and I know this. We didn't even cover this, but uh during the middle of their crappy season this year, uh to save his own job, uh, he fired four of his offensive assistants, including the offensive coordinator, in the middle of the season. Just fired them and get out. Uh, anyway, they've now gone and back and they've hired some people, including they just hired uh, uh, they hired Mark Whipple, uh, and they sent out a tweet to welcoming him to the good life. I I don't. Is that Mr. Whipple? Well, I don't know, but I'm just saying, I don't know if, welcome to the good life. Isn't that, isn't that the, the TV show? And if that's the case, are, is that the, really the, the vision that you want to go with? Hey, this looks like heaven. Anyway, wait for season two. Okay. So that's the good place. Well, that whole thing has to go now. Is that starring, uh, is that starring Douglas Glover? It might as well be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but I, I, I think Mr. Whipple is the, isn't, wasn't Mr. Whipple the guy that said, don't squeeze the Charmin? I believe so. Yes. Yes. Yep. And, and yet he's working for Scott. Oh yeah. That's embarrassing. Um, so, so Scott has now hired some offensive coaches and here is his quote. Um, <clears throat> Remember, he had coaches and he fired them in the middle of the season and then took those responsibilities on himself. This is the quote now that he's hired a few more people. There's things about being coach at Nebraska that I haven't been able to enjoy because of all the time I've been spending trying to fix problems and dig ourselves out of a hole and get them better, he said last month. I spent a lot of time offensively, too. Not that I didn't have the right guys. Can't say enough good things about them, but I really need to trust somebody. I'll still be involved. That'll take a lot off my plate. And I think it'll help me be better in some other areas. So his team's losing. He's firing people. And there's things about being a Nebraska coach that he hasn't been able to enjoy <laughs> because of all the problems. Whose problems? Not his problems. <laughs> you know, one of the great things about college athletics is it teaches a sense of responsibility and ownership and accountability, right? <laughs> you step up and take accountability. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Scott. Idiot, idiot of the week. Um, looking here, though, he is not—he's not the only college football coach that made the uh, that made the list this week, though. I think there's one other one. <laughs> you must. You must be talking about the assistant coach down in Texas. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, Let me see if I can get to this article. Jeff Banks. The headline, and seriously, you cannot make this up. Texas coach Jeff Banks, girlfriend, face lawsuit over alleged monkey biting incident. Now... That's a great headline because when you read that, you're like, so did they bite a monkey (laughs) or did a monkey bite somebody like, like it's just a monkey biting incident. 
I'm, you know what? I got to read that article because exactly. I'm not clear as I, to how does the monkey play into this? Is he the antagonist or the protagonist? I, I, I don't care if it came from Fox News. I'm clicking into it because I got to see what the hell is up with that. Texas assistant football coach Jeff Banks and his girlfriend, Danielle Thomas, were sued over an incident that occurred on Halloween involving the woman's pet monkey allegedly biting a child. Now, they say allegedly. I don't think there's any question about whether or not the monkey actually bit the child. Yes, because their defense is the kid shouldn't have been there, which sort of makes the whole allegedly biting like they granted the monkey bit somebody. But yeah, the boy was forced to manually pry the monkey's jaw open. So I I, I think without question. And this is a quote, instead of showing any semblance of care for an injured child, Danielle Thomas was instead worried about the risk of her monkey being taken away. Danielle Thomas stated to the physician that the monkey had bitten her before and that she was fine, implying that the monkey therefore did not have rabies, says the lawsuit. He's a biter. (laughs) The lawyer who's like, that's not helping. That's not helping. Wait, he's bit you, but you admitted that he's bit. Why did you tell that? Why did you say that? She had a series of posts on Instagram, apparently, that she has now deleted. She made a video and posted it to social media, which has also been deleted. But social media sleuths, this is down towards the end of the article, social media sleuths later discovered that she worked as a dancer under the stage name Pole Assassin and appeared with the animal on the Jerry Springer show. Oh, you know what that monkey is then? It's a (laughs) write-off. That monkey's a business expense. For the record, Banks is the special teams coordinator and tight ends coach for the Longhorns and formerly served under Alabama head coach Nick Saban, which tells you a whole lot of stuff. Oh, you know what? Oh, did you say he's the special teams coach? Yes. Okay. Makes perfect sense. One of the things he teaches is the long snapper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so um, I'm not sure if it's the football coach that's the idiot or if it's the ex-stripper girlfriend, dancer, excuse me, dancer, alleged dancer, girlfriend, um, maybe Jerry Springer. I suppose we could always nominate Jerry Springer. I'm not exactly sure where the nomination goes, but several of them obviously deserve to be nominated. I mean, we're going to roll out the kid. Yes. The the kid got bit by a monkey that has apparently bit other people before on Halloween. So kids out, you know what? Uh, Just again, because we've learned our lesson. We can't just tell stories. We have to nominate people. I say the coach, the coach and the girlfriend uh, separately uh, both get nominated here for other reasons. An all spider monkey on him. So there's, so there's that. What else do we got? Are there any other? Did we get them all? 
Well, that's all we put in there because I, I still okay. have more, but but everybody's like, well, please no, that's we're so fine. We got idiots. we got content for next week. So so, uh, so many idiots. Um, uh, I th- I do think we've got we we've got a couple. We have potentially a couple of main topics. Okay. So, uh, main topic number one. This last week, Lisa and I were watching uh, watching a travel uh, travel. Uh, YouTubers that we occasionally watch. And they posted two videos from last summer where they decided on a fairly short notice to participate in Regbri last year. So yeah. they made two videos. They stopped in Iowa Falls. They stopped in Iowa Falls. And actually, um, they even had some footage uh, of going through Iowa Falls. And he says, like, do you know where that is? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where that is. I don't I don't know where that is. I don't apparently I I don't know. Anyway, they made it. I will say this that they made it look Lisa's like that might be one of the best videos to go to Iowa. Like they basically are like, I was great. Like it's you know, people are out there and they're welcoming you, right? It's rag bra, you're going through all these small towns. You have, you know, you can get pie, you can get all this stuff, people are clapping. Like it makes Iowa look great. And uh, she's, you know, that's really good. And then she's like, hey. Um, so then she was asking me some questions, though, about my experience on Ragbri and and our experience on Ragbri. And she's like, is that the way it happened? I'm like, look, like this was this was 35 years ago. <laughs> and Aunt Sue's experience on Ragbri. Yes. Just, yeah. So, yes. So Aunt Sue's I was telling show notes. There we go. <laughs> So I was telling her some of our experiences, including, yeah, first day, uh, a couple miles out of town, Dwayne hit somebody with his bike. She, he what? Yep. True. Ran right in, the, right in the back of somebody. Just what? Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, so I was telling I was telling stories and then she was asking about things and I was like, I don't know. They, I mean, this has been a long time ago. They may have changed the way they're doing some stuff. Anyway, at the end of it, she says, you ever thought about doing that again? And I said, well, actually... You know, I have last few years, not not last year, but previous years. I thought, you know, it might be fun to do that, like, you know, one more time. And so I texted you and I said, hey, what do you think about doing Rag Bride next year? And you had um, you you had some uh, some of your uh, your response back to me was some concerns. But you specifically said, notice I'm not saying no. Uh huh. So then we started talking about it, texting about it. We could do the whole week. Yeah, we could do a couple of days, and we don't have to do the whole week. I mean, we could we could do a couple of days, and maybe then maybe like do a couple of days next year, and then and then maybe that would prepare us to decide whether we want to do a full week the following year and sort of prepare for that. I believe I even pointed out that you have the exact same bike that you rode in Ragbri thirty six years ago, and your comment was going to need new tires. Smart. <laughs> Not wrong. Not only do I have the same bike, it has the same tires on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm going to want to get those probably replaced. Which then led to, we're going to need custom jerseys. Why wouldn't it? Um, And then there was some other discussion. And then there was a talk of, you know, we've got some toddlers that might be interested. I think we do. So. What I'm doing, what I'm going to throw out here is we are thinking about, so it's the last weekend of, it's the last week of July, 
next year, we're thinking about doing a, uh, a, a team talking to Todd for Ragbri. Todd Cantu. Todd Cantu. The um, gauging interest, if anybody would like to do either maybe the full Ragbri or maybe a couple of days in the middle. <laughs> um, anyway... I'm just putting this out. If, uh, if people are interested, um, Dwayne, how would they, how would they let us know that they're interested? Feedback at talking to Todd.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at five, one, five, also CPA. That's five, one, five, two, five, seven, six, two, seven, two. You know how normally you say, here's an idea. And this is a horrible, horrible idea. But this is yes. an idea. You know how you know how you often say that? You absolutely Frequently. shouldn't do this. Here's an idea. You absolutely shouldn't do this. We should yes. go on Ragbri. You absolutely shouldn't do this. <laughs> but don't think of it as 75 miles in a day. Think of it as seven miles, eat a piece of pie. Eight miles, eat a cinnamon roll. Six miles, eat a different piece of pie. Five miles. Eat some spaghetti, and boom! You're before you know it, you're there. It's not a race; it's a ride. No, it's a ride. I will say we're watching this, and the first day. By the way, this this couple that did this, they had never ridden they 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 had never ridden a tan, they had never ridden a tandem bike before. They they stopped in Eastern Iowa, picked up their rented bike, rode it in the parking lot. And then put it on the shuttle bus that took them to the start. And they had done no more than five minutes of riding on a tandem bike and then did rag bry. Um, I'm like, ooh, okay. To your point, we're watching this and it's the first day of the ride and they roll out of town at like 8.39 a.m. They almost didn't get the bag on the uh, luggage truck. And then they make it like six miles and like, ooh, pie. And then they make it like five miles. And I'm just, I want to say it was like a 60, 65 mile day. And at like 1230, they're like 20 miles in. And, and I'm like, this isn't going to work. And Lisa's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you got to get moving. Like, like this is, this is not good. They rolled into town at like 6 PM. <laughs> oh boy. And I was like, I'm like, that's really bad. That's and Lisa's like, well, it's not a race. Long. And I'm like, here's the thing. You roll into town. You got to go get your bag. Then you got to go find a campsite. Then you have to put your tent up. Then you got to go stand in line to take a shower and stand in line to get food and stand in line <laughs> to get a drink. And then you, you have to go to sleep. Kaibo. Yes. Like all of like lines everywhere. You've got you've got a lot of work ahead of you by the time you get there. The following day, they decided they should leave earlier. Um, they figured out and stopping at every stand was not actually the most efficient way of getting across uh, Iowa. So, see your original idea of coming out with the truck and the RV and the yes and the camper, yes. so that we would have a Sherpa to just throw our stuff into and off they go. And then we go run. Yes. And then yes. when we get to town, the Sherpa is already there 
waiting for us with a bathroom. Yes. A shower. Yes. Probably a hot meal. Could be. Could Maybe make has that my tent set up because I know I'm not going to get to sleep in the camper. But, right? Or, or the, dining room table can, <laughs> the dining room table kind of drops if you fold yourself in half. I've been told that it sleeps two adults. I just haven't figured out how two adults have to fold themselves to fit. Or, I mean, or, from a square footage area, it says that two adults will fit there, but there is no length or width that actually makes any sense. But square footage, again, I don't understand math. On average, a human would fit there. So yeah, if I if I if I drop my tent in the morning and and then at least if it's just even just sitting outside the camper so that I can set it up easily, you've got electricity so I could blow up an air mattress and not have to actually sleep on the hard ground. I could do this at 50 because I couldn't do it when I was 16 <laughs> for more than three days because because then I had to go hike the Rocky Mountains. So I, I mean, I, I bailed I'm out of here, for people. <laughs> I, I bailed for a reason. I, I didn't I didn't bail to go eat bonbons and watch Gremlins on my Laserdisc player. I had to. I, I had to go hike through the Rocky Mountains with Greg. So, so yeah, Greg so, Bry. Yeah, if you're let interested, us know. We, yeah. we we've you know we're it's it's an idea. We're throwing some stuff out. Depending on if people yep. want to go, that might change. You know what we end up doing. So, yep. but I've got I do have a slogan. Yeah, because we're we're gonna be we're gonna be there at some point. Um, you know, we could do nightly podcasts. We could. Right. That's, so I mean, I'm, I'm thinking ride, record, repeat. Mm. Oh, and if we record, we can write it all off. The entire thing. You're a genius. I like where this is going. <laughs> Did you put your Regbri entry on your business credit card? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's content. <laughs> already content we could already write it off on this year (laughs) all right um one other item uh under main topics uh that i wanted to throw out because it's been here for a little bit yes uh what did i call it here oh forget fines use the wheel of misfortune so this is again this is sports adjacent but this is this is brilliant um so international football powerhouse manchester united has appointed a new interim manager uh ralph reichnick and he has he's coached a number of teams in germany um set he's done he he kind of invented sort of a new style of play that everybody's using but he did a lot of that when he was at rb uh leipzig and what he figured out and this is this is brilliant he figured out that when players screw up and don't follow team rules, if players don't, if players screw up and don't follow team rules in 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 a U.S. pro sports, what what ends up happening to them? Well, they get fined. They get fined, right? Generally, it's a sl- it's a slap on the wrist. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fourteen thousand dollars when you make three million, but whatever. Yeah, right. He's like, so money doesn't matter. So. He instead, he decided 
that's not that's not a disincentive to follow the rules. So what he did was, if you break team rules, he had a wheel called the Wheel of Misfortune. And if you broke the team rules, you got to go up in front of the entire team and spin the Wheel of Misfortune. And there were 12 slots. And whatever came up is what you had to do for breaking team rules. Okay. I'm going to go through. Here's what they are. <clears throat> Number one, ball assistant. Pump up the balls and get them on the pitch and then clean them before practice for a week. They have equipment people that can do that. The equipment person is not doing that for the next week. Your job <laughs> is to make sure that all of the balls are ready for practice. Are you, okay? are you, are you sure Tom um, Brady didn't break team rules? And then had to be the no, ball. This one's assistant? pumping the balls up. Not this one's pumping the balls up, not deflating the balls. Tom, Tom yeah. only knows how to take the air out, not put the air in. Because he's good at handling balls. But okay. Okay. Um, number two, um, assist assistant academy coach. Train one of the academy teams on an otherwise free day. Hey, off day, no training. Yep. Go train the kids. This one, this one's great. Stadium tour guide. You have to show up and take visitors who have paid to go on the regular tour. Hi, I'm starting center back and I'm giving you a tour today. Pie piece number four, get lucky. Not what you think, no punishment. So out of 12, there is one piece that if you... You know what? Congratulations. You got lucky. That one was free. Yep. Um, number five, greenkeeper. Mow and take care of the training pitch. Four to six hours within a week of training. Um, I'm going to skip number six because that's now problematic, and this was in the 90s. We're going to move on. Uh, number seven, barman. Mix drinks ahead of training and fill all the bottles with water, which is going to take you about 20 minutes every day for a week of training. Number eight, fan shop. Work in the club shop for three hours. Uh, number nine, kitchen service. Serve salads in the team cafeteria and then clean the tables afterwards. Um, number 10, kit man, take care of dirty jerseys and help with cleaning the boots. Team, uh, number 11, team bus, pack the bus with crates and bags on day of away matches, hour and a half. <laughs> and then number 12, gift for employees, purchase small gifts for all of Leipzig's 60 members of the staff. Now, all of that's really funny. I will say, I'm reading through that going, man, I could see where that would be really annoying to these star players. And then I thought, their punishment is doing the jobs that they pay other people to do. So, uh -huh. like, like, those are people's jobs. And to punish, to punish the star players, you now have to, like, work for a half a day. Like, actual work, not be a star. But I have a sneaking suspicion, if given the chance between paying, like, a $15,000 fine or doing a half a day of like actual work. If given the choice, almost every player would take the $15,000 fine. Uh-huh. Yep. I think you're absolutely right. 
So there you go. Wheel of Misfortune. Uh, I think I, I would, I would love, wouldn't that be, you know what? Here's the thing. All the major league teams are looking for TikTok moments and trying to reach out to the kids. Can you imagine broadcasting that live <laughs> on your social media? I didn't say it. Channels. Um, people would love it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what did you learn this week? Hold on. I'm going to pause this for a second. I'll be right back. Sorry about that. I had to have Amy remind me what I learned tonight at dinner because this was kind of interesting. So uh, the reason we're doing talking to Todd after dark here is because Amy and I had dinner with uh, Trey, who is Amy's sister, Julie's ex-husband. He was in town for something, so the three of us went out to dinner. The woman that he's seeing is a professor at Loyola, and what she teaches in the medical school at Loyola, Chicago, is about cadavers. That's the class. So she teaches about cadavers. Now, in the medical school, is that the what not to do class? (laughs) It's quite possible. And you're semi-familiar with this, right? Because you carried around a dead cat for a semester, right? As a part of classwork, not just for the hell of it. Just be clear. (laughs) Good clarification. Yes. It's important. (laughs) Yep. So. And and by the way, just for the record. Greg and I had joint custody of that dead cat for the semester. So I only had it half the time. So Trey was telling us that her cadaver just sits out on the table. It's, it's fully embalmed. It just sits out on the table. Doesn't need to be refrigerated. Nope. Just cover it with a plastic sheet. Keep it kind of moist. Really? Yep. She says it will last forever. Really? Just like that? Yep. Don't need to. I'm like, huh. Well, knowledge gained. I guess that's what I learned this week. Cadavers don't need to be refrigerated and will last forever. Who knew? Okay, got to be honest. Didn't see that coming. Did not. Didn't. Didn't see that coming at all. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Do Do you want me to do a Do you want me to do a different one? Because I can. <laughs> no. No. What's in the show is in the show. <laughs> so here's here's this. I told you that story, so I can tell you this story. Oh no, no, no. it's not. Is all me, is Tater South? Okay, no. This is so. Last week we talked about Die Hard as a Christmas movie. We're not going to talk about Die Hard as a Christmas movie, but I do want to put this in because this is this was something that I learned a couple of weeks ago. We ran out of time. I said I was going to push it forward. It is about Die Hard, and I want to give people plenty of time because it is the Christmas season, and frankly, actually. To this point, this thing that I learned was that if you begin Die Hard at 9.57.10 on New Year's Eve, Hans Gruber 
will reach the ground floor at Nakatomi Plaza at exactly midnight to ring in the new year. That's good to know. Isn't that? So here's the other thing. Gruber is German for ball. So you can watch the ball drop. It's not. It's actually not. But wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if it was? You know what? That's about as accurate as anything else in this episode. So So, according to Google Translate, Gruber in German is the topographic name for someone who lives in a depression or hollow, which is actually what he made when he hit the ground. That is true. Hashtag spoiler alert. (laughs) And this note is specifically for Greg. He did not bounce. How about you? Did you learn anything this week? I learned we're in the wrong business. (laughs) Okay. Um, Lisa was looking at the, uh, I want to say it was probably some Facebook posts for the local area. And I don't know if it was a friend. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know how any of that works. Anyway, she said she learned this and then and then said, hey, what do you think? So somebody was complaining about the the long lines to get their kids picture taken with Santa at Hmm. a local store. It was just taking too long. They like the the people weren't showing up on time. And so they, you know, they made plans and then, and then, and then Santa didn't show up, you know, whatever. And somebody was complaining about it. So the manager of the mall in the undisclosed location posted, Hey, if you want your pictures taken with the, your kid's picture taken with Santa, here's our hours of operation. And then he listed the prices, the price range, because I guess there's options. I don't, I don't even know what the options are. We're going to play everyone's favorite game show. Dwayne, guess the number. What do you think the going rate is to have your kid's picture taken with a mall Santa, at least in the undisclosed location area? I'm going to say $45, Bob. You can ring the bell. The manager of the mall was excited to let people know that the prices were only between 40 to $60. <laughs> For what amounts Merry to... Merry Christmas, season's <laughs> greetings. <laughs> For what amounts to about a three-minute interaction with a mall Santa? Three minutes if something went horribly wrong. <laughs> Did you did you ever read David Sedaris's book about him being a mall elf for a Santa? No, I did not. <laughs> oh my god. I need to it's Christmas time. I need to go back and read that again. <laughs> oh one of the funniest books I've ever read. David Sedaris. I, I don't remember what the title was, but he was a mall he was an elf for a mall Santa. Oh my word. So what I did you learn say- out of that? You learned that we're in the wrong oh, business? I learned that we're in the wrong business. I mean, that, that's making that's making a lot more than our uh, DJ to go uh, sponsorship is making on this podcast. However, I just want to be really, really clear: when you write the notes for this week's uh, the show notes for this week's, I am telling you, there is not going to be a note that says 
Todd wants to take pictures with little kids in malls. Don't do that. <laughs> you better start coming to rehearsal. <laughs> The music is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod. It's available on Incompetech.com under a Creative Commons attribution license. You can subscribe, listen to Talking to Todd on Overcast or Apple Podcast, Spotify, Podbean, whatever the one that I promoted last week. I can't even remember what it was now. It really stuck with me. Oh, Good Pods. Yeah, that's it. Good Pods. Uh, wherever you get your pods, search Talking and the number two. No G. No space. You can tweet us on Facebook. You can check out our award-winning merch on Zazzle. It is Christmas time, and there are always sales on Zazzle. If you want your Christmas packages, if you want your Christmas Talking to Todd gear delivered in time for Christmas, you need to place your order by uh, December 12th, I believe. So uh, get that done because everybody needs some good Talking to Todd merch. Uh, you can, as we referenced earlier in the show, you can leave us a voicemail at 515-ALSO-CPA. It's 515-257-6272. Thanks, as always, to the support of the editing of this podcast, which was brought to you by Toddlers 3187 and number 17. You can stop by and see us at the Tuba City Home Office. Please don't do that. The website's talking to Todd.com. Thanks, as always, to our listeners and our contributors. Uh, and those who send us all kinds of funny stuff and content, we appreciate you. Send us your feedback, feedback at talkingtotodd.com. Todd? You know, just looking at at the show notes, the stuff that we talked about this week, I'm just going to throw this out. If for whatever reason, when we get the uh, custom jerseys made for the uh, talking to the team, talking to Todd uh, for Ragbri, if if there's some sort of weird copyright infringement or whatever, um, based off of this week, I'm going to go with our backup choice for team name could be Texas Monkey Biters. <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to have to clean that up next week. We'll do it right here. <laughs> Talking to Todd. <laughs> Hey, hey, on your left. Uh, hey, by the way, quick question. So are you biting the monkeys or the monkeys <laughs> biting? I don't, I don't understand. You know what? I'll tell you over pie. <laughs>